Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 134. So I talk a lot about the similarities between religions, starting with, I guess, the golden rule. But I think I want to start thinking more about the differences as well. And the place I want to start is <laughs> is with the Jews, because we are people of the book. I really can't stress that enough. When we pray, we literally bind the book to our foreheads. We put the book, key parts of the book, over the lintels of our doorway. The most holy place for Jews is the center of the temple in Jerusalem, when it existed, (laughs) which has been a while. And what was in there? What was in there was the Ark, and inside the Ark were the Ten Commandments, you know, the heart of the law. Even today, culturally, we're still pretty obsessed with education. So we are people of the book. We are followers of the law, of the laws, <laughs> right? Because, because there are 613 laws in Judaism, all the way from, from thou shalt not kill to things like allow your fields to lie fallow every seventh year. When you read the laws in, in the Torah, in the Bible, what strikes me is their detail. Every little aspect of life has its own law, has its own rule. The laws are strikingly complete, and they're very pragmatic. Like, they are very just practical. And it's clear, at least to me, that these 613 laws emerged from, from untold generations of trial and error. They, they, they emerged via the scientific method, this, this iterative process of experiment and failure, of just seeing what worked. And I think the traditions of other religions or just other cultures followed, you know, sort of a similar path. And if you follow the laws of, of Catholicism or of Islam or of Hinduism, then you are probably in sync with a tradition that has been shown to be robust. It has been shown to work. And you actually get a framework for how to live. Now, one argument against this is that a lot of the laws, and this is certainly true when I look at the list of Jewish laws, although what do I know, but a lot of them seem insanely outdated and irrelevant. <laughs> and, and they're annoying, <laughs> right? Like, I kind of want to pick and choose. I want to say, sure, I won't testify falsely, but do I really have to not wear clothing that's woven out of wool and linen? But here's the hard part, because how do you know which laws you can safely ignore? If you could figure that out on your own, then you wouldn't need the tradition in the first place. You would just be able to create ex novo, a completely robust and sensible moral law. <laughs> and I can't think of anything that would be more arrogant or more presumptuous than that claim. And here's another objection, specifically of Judaism, that it's all about following the letter of the law. And I think that criticism has to be addressed. 
Let me go in a slightly different direction for a second. I think Jesus, just like Muhammad or, or Martin Luther, <laughs> he was a reformer. These guys were all reformers. They weren't necessarily trying to start their own religion. Caveat, caveat, in my opinion. I think they just wanted the existing one to be done properly, the way it was supposed to be. And, you know, fair enough. Jesus, for example, was really mad at the Pharisees, who were this very pedantic Jewish sect, because the Pharisees were more concerned about looking virtuous than actually, you know, being virtuous. And so Jesus preached that we shouldn't pray ostentatiously in public on street corners and we should give alms charity in secret. And Muhammad says something very similar in the Quran. He says that he wished that the Christians followed the law and the gospels correctly. And Luther, I mean, Luther, of course, was pissed off at the corruption in the church from from indulgences to simony, which I think means the selling of anything spiritual, like a place in the church hierarchy, for example. But all of these issues, the, the criticisms, the reforms, the schisms, maybe I'm being too simplistic, but I think they're really all the same at heart, I think, because I think they're trying to solve this really hard problem, a really hard problem. Just imagine you want your people to get in sync with reality. You want your community to act properly so that the society flourishes. How in God's name, <laughs> how in God's name can you do that in a reality that's irreducibly complex? And how do you coordinate action across a large group? It's really hard. And so the Jews, their approach was to write down 613 laws. And then from then on, Jesus and Muhammad and Luther, everybody really, is busy saying, no, no, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And again, that's a fair criticism because it's really hard to write down the timeless laws of how to live properly. And it's really hard to follow those laws and to know how to follow them. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> As the kids say, it's exhausting. So how do you solve this problem? Let's go back to Jesus for a second, because this dude, <laughs> this dude was an innovator, very creative. Jesus came at this problem from a whole new angle. Instead of relying on a bunch of very specific rules, Jesus gets up on his soapbox and he does two things. First, he shares some suggestions, which are really quite vague, or maybe, maybe abstract is a better word, but they are very abstract when you compare them to Jewish law. For example, he says, don't judge other people because then everybody is going to get all judgy and then where will you be? Or he says, forgive other people and then God will forgive you because seems only fair, doesn't it? Right? So it's not just a rule. It's a way of looking at the world. It's a way of seeing the symmetry in our actions and the response they generate from others, from the world. And then second, Jesus tells some stories which are even more abstract. But at the same time, they use ideas and images 
that are so concrete and so fundamental that we still understand these stories 2,000 years later, which is pretty remarkable. He's always talking about ordinary things like, like seeds <laughs> and weeds and trees and fruit and swords. Now compare that approach to a list with 613 items. It's a much more accessible approach. It's less by the book. So the approach of Jesus is much more about the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. And there's nothing really new in the advice that Jesus gives. It's all there in the law of Moses, in Mosaic law. It's all there buried in Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and blah, blah, blah. But he puts it into a better package, let's say, at least for the times, right? It's a much more modern package considering you're living in, in zeroth century Galilee, <laughs> right? It's new wine for new wineskins. It's a better meme. It's more easily conveyed than this enormous list of laws. And it also has the advantage of leaving out things like, like men must not shave the hair off the sides of their head. I want to keep going, but I'm cognizant of time. I want to come back here. So let's put a pin in this and let's come back to this conversation and think more about this really hard problem, which is how do you get people to act in sync with reality? How do you get everyone in a community to follow the same rules and therefore create a flourishing society? How does that sound? I take it by your silence that you agree. <laughs> All right, I'll see you next week.